This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture the rushing. Hope you and your pipes and your plants and all that survived this past uh, week, week and a half of really, really bad weather. Uh, I know it got down single digits. Uh, and Jackson had a frozen outdoor pipe, but it didn't break, and everything else is fine, and the plants are actually making it okay. Well, we'll see. It's going to take another couple of weeks, maybe three weeks or so, uh, before we can really tell if any plants got severe winter damage. I mean, it's supposed to be up in the mid-60s, or, or lower 60s anyway, in central Mississippi uh, by tomorrow afternoon. So a lot of plants are going to start showing some damage after a few days. Anyway, let's don't talk about that. Let's talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. I don't have any real emails to share. Some some good emails this week, but mostly it's, is it too late to plant tulips and, you know, what's wrong with my camellia, those kind of things. So this would be a good opportunity for you to chat about what's on your mind and your garden. The numbers are toll-free. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring MPB stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Ring is what it does. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Anything that's on your gardening mind, be real glad to, to talk about it with it. Uh, I'm curious, Java. How did how did your kids make it through all this cold? Y'all y'all managed to, to not freeze or anything? Yeah, we we made it out all right. Actually, um, we were have our heater um, went down like a day. Yeah, a day before uh, the big freeze, and we had the guy. He was scheduled to come out, but you know the ice. The roads were real icy, so we didn't have any heat, and we were over at uh at my mother in law's for a couple of days. So we 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 got lucky because we had somewhere to go. But uh, yeah, it could have got it could have got bad real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people had their pipes frozen and all, but you know that's just that's sort of just part of it. We're not, you know, I have friends from up north who talk about how we don't know how to drive in the south. We we know how to drive. It's just we don't spend millions of dollars on ice and, and clearing machines and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we got hills and stuff. So anyway, I think most everybody's made it out so far so good. I haven't heard any real horror stories yet. Yeah, that's but, the thing, uh, too. It's been – it, I think this was a uh, – if you can say a gentle freeze because we didn't have any um have too many uh like you say horror stories and things on the on the highways and roads and stuff like that. Yep, 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 yep. Well, uh, of course there's no idea no telling uh, this past fall I set out a bunch of pansies and some violas and some uh different kinds of asters and camellias and I transplanted some nandinas. All I can do is just wait and see. I mean, that's all I can do is just wait and see after a little bit of, of warm weather. But anyway, anybody have so, – oh, b- before we go this first call, let me mention that last week a, uh, an alert caller, uh, somebody had asked about eating sweet potato skins. An alert listener sent in a couple of email links and come to find out sweet potato skins are – sweet potatoes in general are one of the healthiest foods known. I mean, they're one of the top nutritional vegetables ever. Uh, but the skins of the sweet potatoes contain nutrients, including fiber and potassium. So it's perfectly okay to eat them. I've just cooked mine so bad, so so long. Mine usually have a black spot on the bottom of them. But anyway, sweet potato skins. I just never ever gotten around to eating mine. But you know, as long as they don't stick between my teeth, I will give them a try, and I appreciate that. Uh, our toll-free number one eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's go up to Madison and talk with John. Good morning, John. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you, Felder? So far, so good. What's up? Well, all my 
uh, winter garden basically died to the ground. Uh, kale is gone. Uh, turnips are gone. Brussels sprouts never made. And I'm wondering if I should just pull it all up. Is it too late now? Should I start over with turnip greens and whatnot? Um, well, what do you recommend as far as planting or not planting? Um, well, first of all, I'm real surprised about the kale because collards and kale are about the toughest, most cold-hardy plants out there. They can they can usually take temperatures, uh, you know, this low. So, uh, you know, they may come back. You know, if you want to, you know, cut the kale back a little bit, it might sprout back out and do fine. Sometimes it'll do that. But it got way too cold. Uh, we, we always have trouble with, with mustards and turnips and, and things like that in January because, you know, they like – cool weather not really really cold so anyway for those i think about replanting but let's wait until uh middle of february another couple of three four weeks before you start planting because those seeds are small plants if they if we have a hard freeze and they're little they're more susceptible to it so i'd wait till middle of february start planting uh, more of those kind of things let's see what your kale does okay what about english peas i've never had much luck with them is is that time to plant those now no, uh, again, middle of the, you know, June and July is tough on, on young plants. January and February is tough on young plants. And uh, English peas are one of those things, again, they grow for a long time in cool climates. We have very short cool in the fall and short cool in the spring. Uh, but they won't take freezes when they're coming up. See, so it's going to be a gamble. I would wait until after the worst of the freeze is over, soil starts warming up just a little bit late February, first part of March, before I really think about planting anything new. Okay. I mean, we're, we're, we're in a downtime right now. Except for trees and shrubs and woody plants, this is pretty much a downtime for anything started in cold, wet soil from because of cold weather. Okay. Don't give up. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, hey, 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 if you want to grow some in pots, you know, get some started in pots, and uh, if it's going to be really, really cold, you drag them into the kitchen or the carport or something, put them back out. They can take 30s and 40s easy. So you might want to try a few of them just in pots. Even lettuce, you can start it right now. Um, but, but again, once it, let them sprout in some kind of warm stuff and only bring them in if it's going to get down into the lower 30s. And, you know, you can grow lots of wintertime uh, greens and stuff in containers, no problem. Yeah, and it's about time to look at catalogs and start thinking about starting seedlings. So uh, I'll have plenty of those keep me busy. Yeah, or go to local garden centers. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing a fruit seminar. Uh, I do one every uh, free home fruit seminar at Hutto's uh, down in South Jackson every uh, February, and they got a huge selection of all sorts of interesting uh, seeds, but also a good selection of seeds that are locally adaptable. In other words, if you go to a local garden, in the, a locally owned garden center, a lot of times they'll have good stuff for us this time when of year. When is your fruit seminar? It's going to be on February. Let me check real quick. I've got it written down here someplace. Uh, February the 10th, Saturday, February the 10th. Okay. Starts at 9. All right. Well, thanks very much. All right. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to be doing a uh, this fruit tree, so, not fruit tree, fruit plant, blueberries, figs, blackberries, Apples, pears, peaches, pomegranates, uh, persimmons, all these kind of things. That's on the Saturday, February the 10th at Hutto's Garden Center in Jackson. On the 14th of February, I'm going to be a, giving a talk at the library in Gulf Shores, Alabama. So those of you down in eastern L.A., down in lower Alabama, uh, Gulf Shores Library, February the 14th. And then the last uh, thing that I've got to, to mention, this coming weekend on January the 27th, there's going to be a day-long uh, seminar at Mississippi State. It's called Smart Landscaping, Designing for Sustainable Landscape. It's a workshop. It's an all-day thing, Saturday, from 9 to 5. Uh, one day, they've got all sorts of experts on how to, to uh, have sustainable approaches to designing for water and wildlife and energy efficiency and all design. Uh, they have a, a registration fee. It's a solid day. It's a registration fee of $40, but it has all the workshop materials. If you're interested in that, go ahead and sign up ahead of time. It's going to be in Startville at the MSU campus on the Boston Extension Center, which is right next to the stadium. Uh, anyway, if you want some more details or registration, uh, go online, check out, just just Google Mississippi, Mississippi State Landscape Architecture, 
and they'll take you right to the site with all that kind of stuff. If you have some more questions, uh, also give me a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring Now let's go way up into the Shonuff Icebox in Mississippi to Iuka. Hey, James, how are you today? Uh, good morning from uh, Woodall Mountain, the highest point in the state of Mississippi here. Uh, I was at Woodall Mountain this past uh, fall. I drove up there. I was giving a talk over uh, in Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, I drove all the way up to the top of Woodall Mountain. Oh, that's and, a great and, drive. That's a, that's a wonderful place there. They go up peaceful up you there. Got, you gotta, was, you gotta be what, you gotta be going there because it ain't on the way to anywhere. That's it. That's right. You gotta watch. Uh, this, there ain't many signs either, you know. <laughs> no, no, maybe that's we right. Can get another, maybe we can get a sign on seventy two highway. I hope someday. You know, you know uh, the bypass. Direct, yeah, the yeah, I, you know, yeah, got a cool little. Bit. It, you know, only like two streets in downtown. You know, up on that hill, but it's a cool little town. But seventy two is gone all the way around it now. Uh, that's exactly right. Now we got. I enjoy the program, uh, Felder. Uh, how about that kudzu? Is that edible? Yeah, all parts of kudzu are edible. The roots have got a lot of starch. The leaves are edible. The flowers are edible. You know, uh, matter of fact, uh, when I was coming through Ayuka, just south of Ayuka, on uh, it wasn't on the trace. It was whatever highway the, the Woodall Mountain is off of. That's not seventy-two. The one 25. that goes down south. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just south of there, I pulled over and took some pictures of kudzu in full bloom. It looks like wisteria, and all parts of kudzu are perfectly edible. Oh, the leaves! You can make a, you can cook that up just like spinach or something. Yeah, you can fritter them if you want to. Oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah, we've got a library in Corinth up in Alcorn County, and we have a poetry yeah. group that meets there. And you might be able to go up there sometime if you ever. You know, get a room. We got a nice room up there at the Corinth Library, and there's one, a smaller one in Iuka Library. But I really enjoy y- your program, though. Uh, but yeah, uh, you could you could come up there and uh, have a. Uh, but uh, I, I just keep up the good work and happy New Year, Felder. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, you stay warm, alrighty. Okay, that was James from Iuka. Uh, let's go to Jim uh, in Madison. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Good morning. Um, my uh, St. Augustine has gone completely dormant, and I'm ready to spray those uh, few broadleaf weeds I've got in the yard because they're so easy to spot. Yeah. Um, right. I, not- I noticed the directions on the concentrate for the weed spray is it, for St. Augustine, they recommend half the strength that they do for certain other grasses, kind of, well, I think, right. as you and some other ones. Um, right. Is there any point in making it any stronger than what they recommend? No, as a matter of fact, uh, stronger, you know, St. Augustine and centipede technically don't go dormant. They just get frosted real bad. And if we have a nice warm weather, there's actually enough green left in them to where if you spray a lot or if you spray heavy, it can actually damage your grass. So, uh, and, and by the way, if you mix it at the recommended strength and you stand there and you spray and spray and spray, you're concentrating it. So what I do is mix it up to the recommended strength. Um, and try this. This is an oddball thing. Put just a teaspoon of liquid dish detergent in your spray. That helps the spray spread out and stick on. And then all you need to do is just really wet the foliage of the weeds pretty good. You don't have to need to, to, to dump it on. Just wet the foliage good. And we found that two sprays a week or two apart is always better than one heavy spray. Let's, let's damage your grass. Anyway, don't, don't mix it stronger, and don't concentrate it by standing in the same spot. And uh, it should do its job. If it's a warm day, like tomorrow afternoon, it's supposed to get up to, to, to 60. You know, those those weeds are active on a 60-degree day. It's a good time to spray for them. Well, thanks for the heads up and the tips. Thanks. Okay, good luck on it. All righty, folks, our number is toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. I'm horticulturist Stella Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're going to be talking about gardening even though it's the middle of January. And by the way, when we come back from this break, right when we come back, I'm going to play just one verse of a tune from the 1930s. It was uh, recorded. It's the Chapman family from Bolton, Mississippi. Uh, they were well known as the Mississippi Sheiks. We're going to play one short verse of their tune called the Wintertime Blues. And then stay tuned because in about two, 10 or 12 minutes, we're going to play one of the cheesiest tunes 
you will ever hear. Trust me on that. But it's all about gardening. I'm Horticulture Fellow Rushing. Me and Java Chapman are going to take a real quick break and come back with your calls here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Gee, I hope you're staying warm. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. fly let this weather pass on by horticulture still rushing we're gonna uh, play a really cheesy upbeat tune coming up in a few minutes meanwhile let's go down to Hattiesburg and see what Kelly is up to hey Kelly good morning good morning howdy what's um, up so I've got in containers I've got different herbs I've got rosemary sage dill um, some kind of mint oregano and thyme and my yeah. my question for you is like, am, I'm I'm so new to all this. Am I supposed to, you know, cut these off and hang them and stuff like that um, at a certain time of year, or do you just can I just kind of use the herbs when I need them? Like, do the do yeah. the plants are they supposed to die this time of year? Some of them. <laughs> well, the, the only thing that really gonna that always dies in the winter time is going to be your your basil. You know, basil is the summertime plant um and oh, we yeah, have a couple, <laughs> yeah but 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 there, there's a couple you can plant in the in the fall that grow over the winter and die when it gets hot uh parsley parsley is a it will take cold a whole lot better it'll take summer heat and also you might want to think this fall about planting some garlic cloves just poke them down in the ground or some pots sometime in october it grows over the winter but the reason oh. you talked to yeah, the the others you talked about, the rosemary and oregano and the thyme, and uh, you know they're perfectly hardy. I mean, they grow up in in Ohio outside, in in Scotland outside. Uh, to answer your question, I keep you know I have I have two places where I plant herbs. First of all, I use my herb plants as just plants. I think they're pretty. I like the you know the the flowers of rosemary. I like the cascading oregano. I like the different kinds of colors of basil. So you can just use them because they're pretty, and just cut off of them as you need them. You know, if you're making some right. spaghetti or something like that, just cut off fresh what you, you know what you need. Uh, and by the way, this is a stupid little tip, but dried herbs typically you know they've lost their moisture. Uh, they're more concentrated. So if it calls for, a, let's say, a teaspoon of a dried oregano, use three teaspoons of fresh oregano because it's got okay. you know, more water in it. So you, fresh stuff you use more than you would the dry. Uh, but there's some that you can, can cut off, uh, you know, stems and all, tie little bunches and hang them up in a, a, you know, a, a dry place like a laundry room or something like that. And they look nice, and you can use them as dried herbs. But, you know, for the most part, in in the deep south Mississippi, they they you know you can cut off of them all winter long. They just don't sprout back out. So you know just use them as you need. If you want to cut some sprigs of rosemary and some oregano and tie them together a little sprig, you know, with a ribbon or something, it's pretty. And you can use those in a pinch if it's too cold to get outside. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay, well, I, I can ask you this. Do you, you grow these in containers? Or you got a little raised bed yeah. or, or what? Um, a, a all of them bed? are in pots. Yeah. Uh, it, when, they, when they start sprouting out all like that, 
send me a picture of them this spring and this summer because um, you know I take pictures of I, I lecture on herbs. I lecture to the to uh, group the Herb Society of America pretty much all over the country, and I love to show little small combinations of what people plant because they use it. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Okay. Enjoy. And don't worry about the stupid rules. People, a lot of people got to tell you what to do and what not to do. Just do whatever feels right with your herbs. Just herbs. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I guess I should have asked Kelly. She says herb or herb. And the truth is either, either oregano, oregano, tomato, tomato, camellia, camellia. It doesn't matter. Let's go now to Braxton. Hey, George, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? So far, so good. What's up? Uh, I got a question about a uh, nuisance weed that's in the garden in the summertime. I don't know what it is, but uh, it has a uh, pretty uh, robust root that if you cut yeah. it, it, it reproduces the, the green kind of the part on top of the ground kind of looks like collards when they're young. But uh, uh-huh. my grandmother used to turn the pigs in there and let them root them all up and eat them. But what do we do for those in the wintertime? Oh, I, I, wonder, I wonder if it's a plant they call Doc, D-O-C-K. Um, okay. So that has leaves sort, sort of like that. And uh, Anyway, there's not much you could do about them, uh, period, uh, in the wintertime because unless it's actively growing, you know, weed killers that we use on, on uh, weeds in the lawn, work on things to grow in the wintertime, but if unless it's putting out really nice, fresh, new growth, you know, actually growing the winter, doesn't do any good to spray. You need to spray when they're actively growing. So if it oh, grows okay. best in the summer, you need to spray sometime in the summer. Is this around other stuff, uh, edible stuff or yeah. lawn or anything? Yeah, in the garden proper, yeah. Uh, there's not any really good weed killers that are safe to use in the garden that, that work perennial weeds, things that come back from the roots. You can spray them with some Roundup, and it doesn't hurt the soil, but you need to make sure there's nothing else planted there. You'd want to let all these, you know, work your garden up, let it roll up, let those things come up. You can spray them with something like Roundup, and then a couple of days later, you can plant right in between them, and as they die down, the plants won't be affected at all. But other than pulling and, you know, chopping doesn't work. Pull it, there's not much practical I can recommend. It's a tough one. So if you, but if you wanted to spray them, you need to spray just those plants, nothing nearby. And there's nothing I can think of that's safe for your soil other than Roundup. You just don't want to get it on anything else because it kills anything it gets on. It doesn't hurt the soil. Okay, thank you so much. Good luck, George. It ain't fun. Sure. I'm always amused that. A lot of people say gardening is fun, it's relaxing, and it's enjoyable. Some of it is fun, and most of it's enjoyable. Some of it's relaxing. But there's a lot, there's a lot of work out there, too. There's some sweat. There's some bruised knuckles. There's some blisters. There's some heat. There's cold. So, um, you know, it's, it's like cook, it, It's like life. You know, there's a lot of smiles out there, but there's a lot of grimaces, too. So, unfortunately, horticulturists don't have answers for everything, even in our own gardens. It's a, if you want to call and talk about it, I'll do the best I can, but if it's something that I've experienced myself, I'll tell you what me and my mama would do from a practical point of view. Our number is toll-free, mpb ring If you want to give us a call and talk about whatever's on your gardening mind, I uh, would like to also uh, remind folks that there's going to be a day-long, real intense, fun uh, and, and productive workshop at Mississippi State. Uh, it's all about landscape gardening uh, for uh, energy efficiency, pest design, soil preparation. It's a $40 registration, but it's an all-day from 9 to, to 5 thing there at MSU in Starkville. If you want information about it, go online and just type in Mississippi State Landscape Architecture, and it'll take you from there. Now let's go to the Johns community. Jim, I happen to know where Johns is. Hey, good morning, fellas. I got a question about a gardenia mystery that I put in last fall. And, of course, we got these really low temps, and the the leaves have blackened on it, so I know the uh, leaves have been damaged. But if it didn't kill it all the way back, 
when it starts pushing some growth in the springtime, what, what's your best pruning practice on that? Well, you know, the, the, the you know, mystery is just as cold hard as any other gardenias. We see some of those growing out in, in cemeteries. The, so it could take the cold, but because yours is new, just like I, I, I planted some camellias uh, this, this past fall in, no, in uh, late October, November, I'm hoping that they make it but because they're, they're young. Not much you can do except wait until uh, a little bit closer to spring. If you go out, Jim, and scratch the bark with your fingernail, if it's bright green right under the bark, it's alive and it'll sprout out. Uh, if it's not, if it's brown or something like that, keep scratching further and further down until you find something that's live, cut it off there, and it'll sprout back out and find the spring. But uh, that, that scratching the bark is about the only way to tell if it's live or not. Also, check at the lower stems. Sometimes on a plant that's tender, uh, this, this, the, the bark will split. You know, within a few inches of the ground, yeah. that's a bad sign. But, but you can cut them off below there, and they'll sprout back out. Hey, if nothing else, if it comes back just from the roots, that's okay too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll come back from the lower stem. And none of that, it'll actually grow pretty fast. Uh, I don't know if these are great big plants to set them out. Mystery is not a it's not a real big type of, of gardenia to begin with. Um, so, anyway, they'll sprout back out, and they'll actually grow pretty quickly. All right, around the springtime, I'll do the scratch, uh, scratch and, and check and go from there. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Okay, good luck on it. Appreciate your call, yeah. man. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. All righty, folks, this is a gardening program. It's a call-in program. You want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. But uh, I think it's time to make people wish that we were talking about gardening because I got one of the cheesiest tunes ever. It's from a Russian uh, baritone named Edward Hill. That's how we say his name. He recorded it back in 1976, and... Uh, Java, play as much of it as you can stand before we come back with more phone calls here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Standing member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. 
To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Not again. <laughs> that was the Trelalo guy, Edward Hill of 1976. Please don't. You know, how many radio hosts threaten people to do stuff like this if you don't call? It's about gardening, folks. one eight seven seven mpb ring A slide up the road to Memphis, Tennessee. Good morning, Roy. How are you, sir? Well, good morning, Felder. Love your show. Thanks um, for having sort of me from that music. <laughs> no, I wasn't wild about that. I had to turn that down, i got to tell you. <laughs> Me too. But, uh, I'm an old hippie vegan and grow all kinds of stuff, but I have uh, yeah. try to grow organically. And yeah. uh, I have real trouble with cucumbers, squashes, kale, and tomatoes. Huh. You know, early, early blight gets my tomatoes. Harlequin yep. beetles love my kale. And, of yep. course, vine borers and uh, uh Squash beetles, you know, eat up my all my squashes and those kind of right. things. You got any suggestions? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, first thought: Do you grow in raised beds or containers or regular row crops or what? Got raised beds. I, I do the okay. square foot yeah. gardening thing. Okay, well, you can throw the square foot thing out the window. That's that's a concept, uh, you know, not a recipe. Because you know, square foot, if you follow a square foot gardening book, Mel Bartholomew. He's at a place where you can plant um, uh, t- tomatoes and corn and carrots and beets at the same time. We can't do that in Memphis. You know, we, we have a whole completely different seasons. So the first thing I'd say is add compost to your native dirt. You know, don't yeah, use I do the that native dirt every dirt. year. Mm-hmm. Okay, and dig it down. And if you can go down deep and actually bring up some of that clay and mix in with it, your plants won't need to be watered as much. A lot of people replace their, their clay, their, their dirt, with a lot of organic matter, and that means plants need to be watered more often, which can lead to more diseases. So, you know, bring some of that good heavy stuff up and just mix hmm. compost with it. You know, that, that'll help a whole lot. Second of all, mulch really well. After you plant stuff, mulch pretty good. Uh, and if you use bark or leaves or something on top of the ground, that's fine. As far as uh, the disease, it seems like early blight on tomatoes that cause the plants to, to go brown from the bottom up. That is so common. If you planted a tomato on top of the flagpole of the post office downtown Memphis, it's going to get early blight because it's literally in the air. Everywhere. And the way, mm-hmm. yeah, the way a lot of – by the way, I've written for Organic Gardening Magazine for several years. One of the easiest ways to deal with that, instead of trying to plant one crop of, let's say, tomatoes or peppers to last all summer – Plan on planting two or even three times, you know, once in the late spring, once in early summer, once in late summer, to keep new plants coming along to replace the old ones as they peter out. That's what commercial growers do. And Mm. and, 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 uh, there's a type of tomato called, uh, there's vine types and bush types. Yeah. Yeah, the bush types produce pretty heavily for a short time, and then they peter out. So if you get in the habit of planting you know, two or three crops of tomatoes, a couple of different crops of peppers, you'll have sturdier plants producing better before they get problems. As far as insects, I'm uh-huh. just amazed, uh, Roy, I'm just amazed. how People in the South don't understand this, but everywhere I go in Europe, in, in, uh, in Japan, everywhere else I grow, it's normal for people to have little hoops over their gardens and they put insect netting over them. That keeps so many of the bugs out. Uh, insect netting is just a common, common practice everywhere mm-hmm. for some reason in the South. But it really does work. Wow, I've never, never even heard of that before. I tell you what, if you shoot me an, e- if you shoot me an email, I'll send you uh, two or three uh, small-sized pictures of, of community gardens in other parts of the country, and you'll see different ways where they use netting. And, uh, you know, if you've got things like squash and cucumbers, They've got to be pollinated uh, by moths and and, uh, and butterflies and mm-hmm. bees. You could can uncover them in the morning, let the plants get pollinated, then cover them up towards the uh, end of the day, and it'll keep all sorts of other stuff out the rest of the day. But insect netting is uh, is a, a, a normal thing where people are used to gardening with insects. 
Hmm. Yeah, those sales. Yeah, yeah, let me ask. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that. Yeah, I'll try it. Try it. So you really you're recommending bush type of tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, a tomato. You know, there's there's hundreds of different kinds. If you go to a, uh, online to uh, there's a group called Seed Savers, Seed Savers Exchange. Yeah, mm-hmm. go online. Mm-hmm. I know. Look at the yeah, look at the types of of uh, vegetables again, and, and you can get good varieties uh, there in Memphis. But uh, the the bush type tomatoes, there's a good bit of variety, and again, they produce a lot over a short period of time, and yeah, uh, then you can pull them up. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, all it is just a different, and there's a lot of variety. So, uh, if you want to grow some of the vine types, again, think about rooting some of the suckers off your plants and starting new plants middle of the summer, rather than trying to keep those same ones tired, diseased plants all summer long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, one more little, little uh, thing to pass on. I, I don't know if you've ever grown stevia, but um, yeah, I have. I, I, I love this. I, I grow a ton of it, and I dry the leaves, and I throw a handful in my uh, sweet tea, so I get yeah. sweet tea all year without sugar. And yeah, well, I, I mean, when you say stuff. you grow a ton of it, how much stevia do you need? That's stuff a rot your teeth. Just looking at it is so sweet. <laughs> it's a it's a cool little. Now, you don't grow it over the winter though, do you? Or do you grow well, it well no, I cover it, and then it, it for for me it's been perennial. And uh, um, you know, it, it just keeps coming up every spring. And but I don't know if it's going to survive the single digits we've had over the last two weeks. But I'm hoping fingers it will. crossed on that. Fingers crossed on that. Now, stevia is a great uh, it's, it's a great sweeten. It's a sugar, it's not sugar substitute. It's a sweetener substitute, and it's real strong. Yeah, yeah. It makes great sweet tea with no calories. Yep. Well, listen, if you want to get into a little bit more detail, it's hard to, you know, chew the fat that much, you know, live on the radio. If you shoot me an email, we can take over there. But there's some terrific gardeners in the Memphis area who are organic gardeners who can, can, can help you with specific things. Yeah. Or just shoot me an email anytime. All righty. Well, thank you so much. Okay, Roy. Appreciate it. By the way, folks, our email, garden at mpbonline.org. Now let's slide from Memphis all the way down the Gulf Coast to Mobile. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Felder. How's your pickup this morning? How's my what? Pickup. Your truck. Oh, my pickup. Well, don't know. Don't know. You know, a lot of plants I have in the back are <laughs> things like Nandina, you know, and uh, yuccas and some of the, the succulents. They'll do fine, but I just, I'm just waiting to see because like some the rest of them are not going to make it. Yeah. Question related to the weather, have you gotten any input as to how these big commercial nurseries that we have here along uh, the Gulf Coast and Sims and all the way over to Mississippi have fared in this cold weather? And, you know, are they going to really be hard hit? Are they okay? Or, you know, what, as far as their uh, shrubs and uh, annuals that they should be starting uh, right yeah, now. I, I, I appreciate your concern about that. The green industry is huge down in, in South Mississippi, uh, Alabama, Louisiana, even further north. Uh, most of the time, they're prepared for it. You know, they know how to deal. You know, they have their workers pull everything together real close and mulch them. And you know, so most of the time, they know how to deal with it. But you know, it was so cold that it might have gotten through some some of the defenses. So they're gonna have to just wait and see. You know, a lot of plants look bad in pots, but they'll sprout back out. So uh, they're they're going to lose a lot of quality, if nothing else. Uh, but we'll we'll see it. It's just too early to tell. Too early to tell. Great, and that's it for the day. Thank you as always. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. One eight seven seven number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, a lot of times, nurserymen can do something that home gardeners can't by by pulling plants together and putting their sprinklers on steady. As water turns to ice, it gives off it gives off uh, heat. And that helps using plants, watering plants down helps down to the upper twenties or so. Uh, it really doesn't help after that. But the ice actually has an insulating effect. So sometimes they'll water their plants uh, just to keep the roots from freezing if nothing else. Now let's go down to Daphne and talk with Dan. Hey Daphne up uh, Dan, Dan, me, what's up? 
Hey, Zelda. Appreciate you taking my call. I just got a quick question. I have have a couple of oak trees in the front yard, and it faces north. It's a little bit shaded, particularly until late in the day. And both of those trees are showing fungus on on the uh, trunk of the tree and also into the branches now. And I was concerned about that, but I wonder if I should be. Is that something that I need to treat for, or um, how would how should I have it assessed? It really depends on what the fungus is. Uh, you know, we, we have a, a, a type of creature that's called lichen, L-I-C-H-E-N. I don't know. Have you heard of that before? I've heard of it. I'm not sure what it looks like, though. Okay. Lichen is a combination of a fungus and an algae that grow together. Okay. Uh, and a lot of times they'll just make patches on the bark or on the, on the trunks. Sometimes they'll have this scaly gray stuff growing off of it, sometimes furry, ferny-looking little stuff. But lichens mm-hmm. typically don't hurt plants. They actually grow on rocks and tombstones. Uh, but when they get on a plant and they're real heavy on it, that's telling us they're not causing a problem. They're telling us that the plant's not growing very well because as a healthy plant grows, it shucks them off, you know, the, the, uh, the furry parts. So anyway, right. if you want to take a close-up uh, picture and send it to me, if it's a lichen, I can identify it real, real quick. And all we need to do there is sometime in the spring, give your plants a little fertilizer, water them during extreme dry spells, and uh, just try to get, maybe prune them to, to invigorate them. But if it's a real fungus, I'd I, I, I need to see a picture before I can identify it. I'm suspecting okay. it's just lichens, and the plants are just uh, what we call unthrifty. Unthrifty, yeah. And they may be lacking water. The the, the soil is pretty compacted underneath them, so it, it's something that I've been addressing year after year, but i noticed the fungus has continued to grow. There's um there's another yeah. thing on the trunk as well that looks like a little sea urchin. Um, I don't know if that's uh, you yeah, know kind of that's early stages like of Spanish moss or something, but it, yeah, so nope. it's a, it's about palm sized of of your hand and it's got uh, you know little shoots like a like a sea urchin, soft kind of soft to the touch. But is it that sounds is like that a lichen to me? To? Yeah, okay. there's a whole right. lot of different kinds of lichens. If you'll Google it, L I C H E N. If you'll Google it, they'll have all sorts of pictures of it. But but again, they're a symptom. They're not a problem. Right. Right. Well, and on that compacted soil underneath the tree, how should if yeah. I, I assume I should maybe just do some landscaping? And I've heard you talk about that before, just being careful not to take the nutrients away from the tree. But how do I prepare that soil so that I could actually do some lands landscaping? And, it's just what, far compacted soil under there. Yeah, what, what what kind of tree is it again? It's an oak tree. A live oak is it evergreen? Yes, evergreen live oak. Yeah, uh, it's hard to grow much at all. Go ride around some of the uh, some of the older parts of, uh, of 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 you know Daphne. You get up in the Mobile, some of the older areas. You'll see where they've uh, over the years they they grow monkey grass, they grow ivy, yeah. they grow Asiatic jasmine. Those are some of the few plants that will grow under a live oak tree. The other thing okay. is just the moss. If you'll if you'll just throw leaves out there and bark and stuff. It will actually feed the things in the dirt like worms that come up and eat it, and they aerate the soil for you. So, you know, okay. other than the ground cover, about the best you can do is feed the soil by spreading a bunch of leaves, bark moss, and things like that to feed the worms, and they in turn right. dig incredible holes for, for your plants. Okay. If you want to plant just little small groups here and there, Find an area between some roots, kind of work the dirt up a little bit with your shovel or, or turning for it, a little bit of organic matter without overdoing it, or else you're just making pockets of clay. With It's like oh. a bunch of cornflakes out there. So don't, don't so. over amend the soil to get plants started. Okay. All right. Great. Well, that sounds great. I appreciate your help. It's a lot of stuff. So, uh, anyway, good luck on it, Dave. I mean, Dan, thanks. Okay, now let's, uh, I'm getting confused here. That was Dan and Daphne. Let's go to Dan and Chula. Hey, Dan, good morning. Good morning, Felder. What's going on with the Delta? Well, well, I'm on the last bluff above the Delta. See, I was telling your guy, I'm, I'm out in the country a little bit towards Lexington, so I'm yeah, really a yeah. hillbilly, Felder. Right at the edge. Yeah, right above the bluff. The Yazoo Bluff runs into outside of Chula, about two miles headed to, on Highway 12. You hit this lowest bluff, you know, wind blowing yeah. cold, kind of like all the way down to Yazoo City. Yep, been doing it for 20,000 years. I'm from the Delta, too, by the way. Hey, I love it. I've just moved back, and I'm going to call you some more, but I have two questions. I've got a 
Shuffalera that's 32 years old is 15 feet tall. Yeah. And and I've moved it, and it's, uh, as you can imagine, it's hard to move without killing it. And everybody tells me to cut it off and let it restart. And I've had it a long time, and I kind of like it. Felder, it's got good leaves at the top. What do I need to do? I mean, is there any reason I can't just let it continue to grow? Well, there, there's one reason is that the, your ceilings are only so high. Oh well, now I can fix that problem. I'm, I, I now move in Chula. We have we have ways to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the deal. I've well, got a I've, heard... I've got a carport. If I can grow it sideways a little bit this winter, I've got a carport that's 18 feet tall. So well, I, I can stick here, it out here. there in the summertime. Okay, here's the problem in a nutshell. First of all, uh, I've I've climbed up in in chef Lara's that you could park school buses under. They will get okay. you know, they're tall trees. They're really really big in in nature. Not practical. Sooner or later, you're gonna have to stop it. Uh, that's all it is to it. When I okay. first started with extension service, my first week on the job <laughs> in 1980, I walked. Up, they had two huge chef Lara's in the foyer. I cut them off to just broomsticks, brown broomsticks. Everybody just about died. And 20-something years later, when I left the office, I cut the same plants off the same way on the way out the door. You cannot okay, hurt well, Let me ask you this. I, if I cut it off like you're talking about, can I, can I root the top of it and start again? You, you, you can't. The, uh, the 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 top the part that has you know there's the lower stem is is brown then the new stem Absolutely. is kind of green I, I'm, well, I'm looking green, at it right now I'm with you Felder it's like the top okay. a foot and a half or two feet is greenish okay well the very tip top the most tender area doesn't root very well but right where it's still green but not brown that will root but you're gonna need to break off some of those leaves or it's gonna suck that little stick dry before it can grow root so you can break up you know cut it off and the green part cut the leaves off, put it in some potting soil, keep it moist but not wet, and it, 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 it can root. But wherever, here's the, the deal on cutting your chef layer. Wherever you make the cuts on that stem, that's where it's going to sprout out. So if it's got more than one stem, cut them at different heights. Or cut one this year, and then when it sprouts out, cut the other one. All right, Phil. Will, will not hurt it. My dog, my dog agrees with you. Uh, okay, so thank you. Yeah, think, think, My wife agrees think, with you too. I was trying to avoid this, but y'all are in y'all are in conjunction, and I I told you nope. guys that I I'm, I'm, I'm there longer than I've been married, you know. But uh, I, I'm I'm I have a rubber tree named Big Jim. I'm not making this up, Dan. A rubber tree named Big Jim I've had since 1974. Okay. Wow. Be, it, Every year to bring it in, I cut it back to where it has practically no leaves on it at all. It bushes right back out. Chef Lair's rubber trees. Think, uh, put your loincloth on and get you a big old machete and go cling and be done with it. <laughs> yeah, I have machetes. I use them riding horses. Yeah, I had a dragon <laughs> plant named Puff in the 70s <laughs> to give you an idea how old I am. So, uh, all right, Felder, I'm on it. Thank you very much. Okay. I love you, Sean. I, I, do, man, I do. I just want to let you know, that Dan, I'm, I'm not on your wife's side on this. I'm with the plant. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, don't, you are. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't lay that on me. Oh, no, she doesn't listen to you. I'm going to tell her. It's like, shit, you know, if you don't listen to him. Yeah, well, good luck on it, man. I appreciate it. I think Dan's in his cups already this morning, Java. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, some some along them lines. He he's very animated. We we appreciate Dan and Chula for calling That's in this okay. morning. That's okay. I'm looking at a I'm looking at a Dracaena right now. That's um, another tropical plant with multiple stems. I cut it off. Uh, cut three of the stalks off back in the the, the fall, and all three of them sprouted back out with all sorts of growth. So anyway, some people don't realize that you can rejuvenate a big plant, whether it's a shrub or a rose or a fig or a chef Lara by just cutting it way, way back. Can't do it with every plant, with a whole bunch. So anyway, it's been kind of rock and rolling program together t- today, except for that cheesy music, Java. Did I offend even you with that music? Well, I was going to say, uh, between uh, the, the, the Mississippi Sheiks and this, uh, the, the Trollolo tra- 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 man, uh, yeah. I, think, I think you were a DJ in a former life, man. No, I'm not. But you know, I just have a bad music and pirate jokes stick to me <laughs> like, like 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 Lent. You can't can't imagine. 
So anyway, it's always fun looking for music. And I appreciate folks suggesting. I had somebody suggest a tune a couple of weeks ago, but I have to listen to them. And if it's not garden-related or somehow related to the weather or cheery or if it's got something nasty in it I can't cut out, you know, we're looking for stuff that's fun and garden or season or event. I wish I could find stuff at the Super Bowl for next weekend. But everything I've got is either specific to a team or it's explicit. And we well, can't you know, do that here on it. You know, the classic, uh, the Super Bowl Shuffle, man, it's like one of the greatest songs ever made by the, uh, what I think it was the 1984 Chicago Bears, 85 uh, Chicago yeah, Bears. Yeah. Well, the, the New Orleans, they, there's, there's five or six great New Orleans uh, Super Bowl things. But anyway, uh, it's going to be gonna be interesting next weekend. Interesting. I'm, I'm a Saints fan, and nothing like losing in the last second of a game, huh? Don't bring don't 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 bring up bad memories already. Just, it was just last week, and it's a bad memory. I know, I know. Well, anyway, I've been having a pretty good time. The, the garden doesn't look bad, but I know there's some surprises waiting on. Tomorrow afternoon, when it hits the 60s, I'm gonna start being able to tell better what's going on out in the garden. Not much we can do except just hunker down and wait and see and replant. That's what gardeners do. You know, you just get to start some things over from time to time. But anyway, um, we're going to be talking about gardening every week, every week right here on MTV. Keep in mind this, in the velvet darkness of the blackest night, moon is bright, there's a guiding star burning bright no matter what or who you are. The Stalk Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Me and my laid-back producer java chapman on greeter kevin farrell gonna be back with you next friday talking about gardening i'm your host bell rushing here's hoping for a great rest of the month if you get a chance drive around town see what other people have going on in their garden that survive the cold if you have a chance take a kid to a garden center let them buy a pack of bulbs and show them how to do even in a pot show them how to do what we do best and that's get dirty see y'all next week Thank you.